Welcome to Let's Get Local Wilmington, the podcast where I deep dive into the stories of local business owners, entrepreneurs, and some of the best people I know who are shaping the community and making waves in the business world. Each episode, I'll bring you inspiring conversations with the movers and shakers of our town, uncovering the secrets behind their success, the challenges they've overcome, and the valuable lessons they've learned along the way. I'm your host, Jen Richardson, and I am beyond excited to share the story with you today. Let's dive into the episode. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Let's Get Local Wilmington. I am here with Gina Scarzella, a veterinarian at Animal Emergency and Trauma Hospital of Wilmington. Gina, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me. You're welcome. Thank you for coming. So Gina, tell me a little bit about where you're from, what brought you to Wilmington and when, and then what you do professionally. So I moved here when I was in the third grade. I was originally born in D.C. and um, spent my elementary, middle and high school years here went to college in Virginia, and then ultimately came back after grad school. Awesome. So you are a true local in my eyes. (laughs) In my eyes, you are. Okay. And then what are you doing professionally? So I am a full-time emergency veterinarian. Mm -hmm. I have been a vet since 2011 and was in day practice, which is thinking of your vaccines and wellness stuff for eight years. And then two years ago, made the transition to full-time ER. Oh my gosh, that's awesome. And so how did you decide kind of on that specific field of veterinary medicine, getting into emergency medicine? It's challenging. I had done relief for them, meaning I would pick up a shift on a Sunday because they were short staffed as far as veterinarians go. We have a quite a deficiency of vets and loved it. I loved the challenging caseloads and not necessarily seeing animals in crisis, but being able to work through the hard cases and support clients and position opened up and I wanted to grow and spread my wings a little bit more and went for it. Awesome. I love it. So you made that leap. I love that. What got you started with animals? I feel like every veterinarian probably is. I just loved animals from day one. So is that your story too? Yeah, I like vividly remember being very small and having my first cat, Duke, and taking him to a vet. And they thought the big dog next to us was Duke, but it was this little tiny kitten. And oh. and little plug, I'm not a Duke or a Chapel Hill fan. Okay. I'm just neutral. So I named him Duke and I was just in love with animals from the start. I was always bringing them home if they were found and or loved horses growing up and rode horses. And I just literally from the beginning knew that I wanted to be a vet. For sure. I feel like you mentioned horses. I feel like horseback riding is so therapeutic. It is so relaxing. Um, I don't do that regularly. Yes. It's something I would love to start doing. They're the best. Um, they're such amazing animals. Yes, I do. Like, and that's are. a total different branch of veterinary <laughs> medicine, obviously. Um, I, I love that. Now, do you have Pets. Oh, yes. Um, Tell me about your pets. We have a lot of pets right now. We <laughs> have four cats and three dogs. Okay. I love them all. A little too many right now, but... There's never too many. Yes, we your, have. Your heart is has plenty of space for them, right? Oh, yes. We have a... It's not me. It's actually my husband, David, that has a hard time saying no. So if they come home, they usually don't leave. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, how do they come to you? Is this something that is just case by case? And you're like, babe, there's this pet that showed up and it needs a home? Is yep. that kind of... So we've done a pretty good job at fostering. Um, 
two of our cats have three legs and they were injured when they were very tiny and came in and needed surgery. So I was able to help them out with that. And then they of course came to our house and never left. Um, and then the other ones have just found us along the way. I really do think that they find us when we need them. Mm -hmm. And, um, Yeah, so they're all ages, and I love all of them so much. That is wonderful. Let's talk about educational background. What educational background is required to become a veteran, or what education requirements are there to become a veterinarian? Yeah, most vet schools require an undergrad degree from a four-year college. Typically, you don't have to have a degree in science, which is something I wish someone would have taught me along the way, because I spent a lot of hours doing lab work. And wish that I would have probably majored in communications or psychology with a focus on getting the credits for vet school to help me be more Mm well-rounded as far as what I know now about what daily practice looks like and communication skills that we didn't really learn in vet school. Then typically you go to a four-year program. I actually went to a two and a half year program in the Caribbean. So there's three schools in the Caribbean. Yes. I went to one on Grand Cayman. It was oh a very goodness. expensive, wonderful vacation. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> and then spent a year at NC State doing yeah. my clinical year in their teaching hospital. Excellent. And NC State, from my understanding, is it's really where you want to be in North Carolina if you're going into yeah. this field of work, correct? Yeah, it is the only school in our state that has a vet school, but there are some in surrounding county. Or, sorry, surrounding um, states that are going to be opening up soon in the next few years. Nice. So there'll be more options. For sure. So let's talk about some challenges in your field of work, because you and I were discussing this before you when we were talking about you coming on the show. And you said that there is such a need for veterinarians right now. Huge. So walk me through that. Why is that? During the pandemic, a lot of families, I it is in the millions, acquired pets. And with us doing a great job of clearing out shelters, there was a huge inundation of the need for pets having vet visits. And just like every other profession, everyone is short-staffed and really challenged as far as time goes. And we are finding out that we don't have enough vets, we don't have enough staff because of the challenges that we face, and we'll talk about that more later. But we we get a huge overflow at emergency from day practice that just can't purely accommodate the amount of appointments that are needed now because it's like almost three times the amount of business that vet practices had before the pandemic. That's got to be such a huge challenge and so difficult to navigate to when there are various support levels within those practices, right? So you have your technicians, you have your folks that are working the front desk, right? Your admin, anything else that I'm missing? There's kennel people who help us behind the scenes cleaning and taking care of animals if they're boarding and your lower level. We actually have registered technicians that are licensed or comparable to nurses in the human world and assistants, veterinary assistants. So there's multiple levels of people in a practice that provide support. And are all of those positions needing to be filled right now? 100%. Yeah. Yeah. We see, we have, with us being 24-7, we're a very large practice and double-digit doctor practice. We have over 150 staff. So, So, yeah, and that's just our one practice where we have like almost 30 practices in New Hanover County alone. And so there's a huge need for, for employees. For sure. What are some of the rewarding aspects of being a veterinarian? Getting to send the pets home after being hospitalized is probably the best thing. And 
especially now being in emergency, we deal with some really challenging sick pets from toxicities to major surgical procedures that we aren't sure of the outcome going into the surgeries and just even an upset tummy that someone's really fearful about. And so if we can send them home healthy, it's the best. For sure. (laughs) I love that. So let's talk about some memorable cases or something that's had a significant impact on you. Share with me one of those cases. So I remember one little old chihuahua that had really bad teeth and the client had done a great job of taking care of the teeth, but he was 15 and his kidneys has changed and just wasn't eating very well. And he had gone downhill pretty quickly, but we decided to take care of his teeth and he needed to have a bunch of them pulled. And within two weeks, he was like a puppy again. And his kidney values went back to normal and we got three more years out of him. And she was a very dedicated client. He, his name was Rocky. That was probably one of the first dental cases. I have a a passion for dentistry. It's very important for whole body health. And that was one of the first ones that I was like, this is so important and really need to teach my clients about because I think it's something we think about for ourselves. And we go to the dentist twice a year, but we don't necessarily think about animals needing to get their teeth cleaned at least once a year. And there's a little more that goes into it for pets as far as anesthesia, but it really makes a difference in their longevity. For sure. That makes sense. And I love that. It sounds like you really approach each one of your patients from like a a whole body aspect, right? You're not just, oh, okay, your dog has something wrong with its paw. Let's just look at the paw. Like it's- It is the whole body. Yeah. Yeah, That's wonderful. Gina, talk to me about any recent advancements or technologies in veterinary medicine that excite you. What are you seeing right now? So one of the biggest things is people are not scared to spend money on pets because they are family members. And being able to offer specialists and um, specialty care is something that we are fortunate in Wilmington will soon be expanding our hospital next year. Fingers crossed if all goes well. And it's going to be about a three times larger facility. And we're hoping to bring in a veterinary neurologist and in some other specialties to hopefully not have to send pets to Raleigh or mm-hmm. the Cary area. And we have the capabilities to basically offer all services that humans can get for pets. I love that. It's going to be huge. I love that. A couple of my friends personally come to mind um, when you were talking because one of my friends, her dog that she has loved forever and is definitely her child, she had some hip issues and had to have basically a doggy hip replacement. Mm -hmm. And then in her area, they had this technique where they send her to this, it was like a tank yeah. and like a physical, I don't know what, you yeah, probably know exactly therapy, what I'm talking yeah. about. Yeah. So her dog was going to physical therapy and she's a brand new doggy. Yeah. It's so amazing. And she had to drive to Dallas for this from oh, Louisiana yeah. where she lived at the time, but she said, it's worth it. She's, that's my baby. And I would do anything that she needed. So I love that we have those advancements. We have the advancements. And and two, I know things are expensive, but getting insurance Mm -hmm. um, is something that's super helpful. I think it depends on your family, but at least looking into it for the emergencies Mm -hmm. because they can add up really quickly and it takes the financial aspect out of it. And we can focus on the more emotional decisions that need to be made. Definitely. And that's a great way to look at it. When my dog was 
younger when she was young and spry. She's um, 12 right now. But when she was young and spry and living her best life, every time we would go to the vet, they would say, would you like to get pet insurance? And I'm like, no, we're good. (laughs) We don't need that. We're fine. And now it's something that I'm like, we really need pet insurance. So that's something that I will do today. So very helpful. Yes. And hopefully I will never need it, but I probably will use it. Right. Okay, let's talk about client relationships. Building those relationships with the pet owners is really crucial. I'm in a relationship business myself. I totally love my people. Do you ever find yourself getting close with some of your patients' parents? Yes, 100%. And being in day practice for over eight years, I I saw people get puppies and them age into adult dogs and even... One of my clients comes, we, we have physical therapy at the emergency hospital where I work. And so one of my puppy, pa- he was a puppy patient. He's nine and a half now, comes for physical therapy. So I still get to see him, but still getting to see the clients that I've known and go through hard times too, because mm-hmm. there are losses along yeah. the way. And it's just very rewarding to be able to share all aspects of their pet's lives. For sure. I love that. Are there any tips that you can share for pet owners to maintain their pet's health better? Yeah. Teeth. Mm-hmm. Make sure you do something every day for their teeth. Okay. And get established with the vet. There are practices that are taking people. Mm-hmm. So get an appointment set up, especially if you got a pet during the pandemic to sure. hopefully get them spayed and neutered because mm-hmm. we can see infections in their little uteruses and cancers that can creep up. Mm-hmm. And annual blood work, I think, is important because we forget how fast they age. And if we catch something, we can manage it versus when it's too late. That's true. All right. Your career can be emotionally challenging sometimes, right? You you carry a lot, I'm sure. And so how do you maintain a healthy work-life balance and manage your stress? Great question. I have a morning routine that I know when I don't do it, I get really snarky. So I am What does that a, look like? What do you do? <laughs> I'm a huge fan of meditating. Uh-huh. I use insight and journaling yep. and I work out. I think that is really important. If I don't do it in the morning, it doesn't happen. So I make an effort to yep. do it before work. So you're filling your own cup. Yeah. So you can give to others throughout 100%. the day. I love that. That is a philosophy that I try to live by too. It's really good. And that morning routine is everything. Oh, it I is. I agree. Okay. What advice would you have for a veterinarian or someone looking to get into veterinary medicine? What advice would you give that person? To find a mentor. I think mentorship is key in every career field, but to find someone who will help you and teach you about the good and the bad, the hard days and the bad days. And and also work in a practice before you go to school just to make sure that it's something you want to do. And the interesting thing is I am in emergency and I was in day practice, but there's so many other things that you can do as a vet as in research or pharmaceutical sales and nutrition. And so there's a bunch of different facets that we don't think about. Absolutely. And then Talk to me about your community engagement because you are involved with something really wonderful and I got so jazzed when I heard about this. So talk to me about this nonprofit that you are um, involved with. This is a passion project that has been on my mind for, I think it's five years now, that being in practice and having these pets come to us and people struggle, life is a struggle and things happen at the worst possible moment, that 
making decisions purely based on financials and not being able to have other options became really hard. And I saw it personally and um, the stress on my staff and not every vet practice can just take in animals and fix them up because at the end of the day, someone has to pay for it. Mm -hmm. And the rescues are just packed and medical cases are hard, especially cases that are thousands of dollars. Mm -hmm. With the help of possibility that is established in out of Brunswick County, They have a medical fund called Stella's Touch that a family named the Ryan set up in honor of their dog, Stella. And so we mirrored that with their help and work as a program under them to be able to give financial assistance to pet parents in New Hanover County that need a little bit of a kickback to keep the pets with the people that love them. That is amazing. And I see these friends of mine that I know and just people that are acquaintances and such too, that you're, you're scrolling on your Facebook and they say, oh, dog is something's happened. Something, it's never good news. Something terrible yeah. has happened. We're at the emergency vet. Oh my gosh, we don't know how we're going to afford this. Does anybody know of anything? Or whatever, there's a GoFundMe set up or something like that. This sounds like it is made for those situations. Yep. And it's not Wonderful. just an emergency. Okay. Um, it's for use at all that practices in New That's Hanover wonderful. County. And then we have Stella's Touch, which is for Brunswick County residents. And mm-hmm. it's up to $500 just to at least help in one way. And hopefully we'll grow and yeah. hopefully get an angel donor or more grants that can help us provide more assistance. But we're at least able to give back. And we've been able to help 16 families um, since January and we're growing. I love that. And then I saw um, mention on the website of a golf tournament coming up. Do you know anything about that? It'll be down in Ocean Isle in March. And so that's in the works. And that's one of Possibility's biggest fundraisers down south. They do a lot. They have spay and neuter assistance and they have a food pantry as well. And so We're growing in New Hanover. What can someone do for New Hanover to get involved or to help? Yeah, so we are going to, we just last week solidified it. There's going to be a pairing at Pallet to look out for in in February. And we have an annual brewery event that we just had in October at Mad Mole that was a huge success. So we are getting out there. So we're having some events that will pop up this spring. Wonderful. I plan to be at the one at Palette. Thank you for sharing that. (laughs) So wrapping up here, what is your favorite local restaurant, Gina? Tacos every day of the week would be ideal. So (laughs) I'm going to say K38, queso and a prickly pear margarita fixes everything. Cannot go wrong with that. (laughs) That's amazing. Awesome. And then what's your uh, favorite date night spot with your hubby? Going to Thalian for a show. Love that. Thalian's so beautiful. Oh, it's the most beautiful Oh my gosh. It is so gorgeous. We are absolutely lucky. Okay. So how can folks get in touch with you? So I am at the emergency hospital. Come if you need me. Mm-hmm. Hope we there. don't need you. I know. But hope you don't need me. <laughs> yes. Um, yes. And then if you want to reach out to a positive mission, yes. we are on social and um, you can go to pause-ability.org is our website. Excellent. If you want to check out. Okay. And just in case you guys are wondering that are listening, it's pause, P-A-W-S doggy and cat boss. (laughs) I love it. Gina, thanks so much for your time. Thank you. Great. And that's a wrap for today's episode of Let's Get Local Wilmington. I hope you enjoyed the incredible insights and stories shared by our amazing guests. A big thank you to today's guest for spending their time with me. If you found this episode as inspiring as I did, don't forget to show some love. Leave a rating or review on your favorite podcast platform. Your feedback means the absolute world to me and helps me continue bringing you top-notch content. And hey, if you haven't already, hit that subscribe button so you never miss an episode. 